0: As any business owner will tell you, relationships are key to growing or starting a business, and networking is an important aspect of that growth. But how do you do networking efficiently in today's market? Our guest today has been in business for himself since 2008, working to make creative networking spaces for his customers across the U.S. Clayton Hicks, CEO of H7 Network, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, glad to have you here. So Clayton, How does the H7 network innovate on traditional business models?
1: Well, um, we've kind of had to be innovative from the beginning. So uh, some of our peers, they they behave a certain way, like they, they deliver a certain model. And so I have to, I didn't network that way. So I networked a very specific way. And so to innovate... Um, I really had to take, uh, I guess, take notes, pay attention, much reflection, seeing how I, you know, how I was successful in networking without using a traditional uh, business model that existed back in 2008. Um, And I kind of still do that today. So essentially, uh, whiteboarding it out, understanding the process of building relationships, going through the experiences myself. I went on a trek. Uh, back in 2014, for three years straight, um, I did 3,000 uh, one-to-ones. And so that was where innovation really kicked in to really understand how relationships are developed. And so I think at that point, I was probably like 5,000 in total. But at that point, I've mm-hmm. done many more, but, but really experiential, really trying to experience how the how we deliver a model that is truly been innovated on how we build relationships more today.
0: So what do you think are the, I mean, what are the key things to keep in mind when you're trying to build those relationships? What are what were some of those insights you learned from doing all those one-on-ones? Oh my gosh.
1: I mean, the personality styles that exist, hmm. uh, paying very close attention to how people respond to certain answer, certain questions, how they um, respond in, in a, um, not only just certain questions, but like seeing how they actually work and seeing how they needed efficiencies and how they build relationships. So I really needed to understand before I truly could innovate on what worked, what didn't work, I guess, is what.
0: I- so you started the company in 2008 uh, in Cincinnati area. Yeah. And I guess what, what got you started? uh, What, you know, what kind of led you to begin the company?
1: Sure. In 2007, I was, I was in a networking group that ended up closing in Southwest Ohio here. And uh, I went out and I looked at the traditional networking that was going on. I really just didn't feel uh, comfortable in those settings. At that point, I had a, a different type of business I was in finance uh mm-hmm. not in traditional sense of like a financial advisor but we we provided money and when that networking group had closed and I started going to these traditional uh networking kind of organizations or associations of sorts and it just didn't feel comfortable for me I I didn't really feel comfortable
2: mm-hmm. and
1: so I really started looking at that and and I thought, you know, there's probably many other people out there that are networking uncomfortably.
0: Yeah. Well, I, and it's funny because a lot of the some of the networking groups I've been to in the past, if you're doing some kind of speed networking, and the whole time somebody's looking over your shoulder because they realize ten seconds in you're not their prospect, right? <laughs> can be a little yeah. can be a little bit too high sales of environment sometimes. Yeah. Some groups have a bad rap because of that, perhaps, sure. as opposed to. I think there's other groups out there that, you know, it's all about giving, sharing, helping the, the members uh, yeah. of the group. How do you kind of foster that, you know, the, the right side of that equation in the groups that you run? It really starts, at, it really
1: starts with our tenant of connect, serve, and ask. Hmm. And so in a sense, uh, the way we describe our organizational chart, one may say, is um, it's kind of a bottom-up approach. So the CEO is at the bottom of this cone and at the top are the general memberships, general membership all over. And so between myself and directors and leaders and then general members, I mean, essentially I have to treat all of them with this connect, serve and ask tenant. And that's kind of how it just continues to move forward. That way is, is just this, this um, this culture hmm. is really how we do it.
0: I see. So so, and, and then basically since that time you started the business, you've expanded out now into uh, eight – I think you said eight states uh, around the U.S., sort of Midwestern states as well as uh, states like Florida and North Carolina and other states. Um, h- how have you sort of maintained that culture? I'm, I'm assuming somehow I, – I don't know if you have – sort of uh, leaders in those states that lead meetings for you? Or how is that kind of structured? How do you do that? Yeah, so we
1: have directors. They're called market area directors in other parts of the country and and even, you know, as close as Cincinnati and Columbus. And it's our job as H7 Network Corporate uh, to serve those directors. And -hmm. then we train them, especially on our culture, but they have the tools we give them the tools they need to continue to develop that culture within using our proprietary processes that help relationships be built uh from the bottom up
0: and i'm curious too you know when you when you first started what did you do to get your your very first members to join i mean i'm, I'm assuming you started with a small group of a handful of people, what, what was, what technique did you use? Was it inviting friends or did you, uh, how did you get it off the ground? Cause you can't have a group of two probably, right? No. <laughs> you have to start somewhere. <laughs> Actually,
1: we, we still build them the same way. Hmm. Okay. So we start with, uh, putting people around us. I had really great relationships with about seven people. One gentleman, his name was uh, Larry Scheidler, along with a number of other people. And I was sharing with them. So in a sense, they were kind of my board right from the beginning. Hmm. <laughs> and we still expand the same way, which is very interesting, 12 years later. But um, yeah, so I mean, we we started off uh, with this board, which is what we called it way back then. Okay, hmm. we don't call them that now. But we start off with this board of people that believed in what we were trying to accomplish. And we got our first member. We 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 held some meetings. Um, they were free and we did that for about 90 days and then we began to charge. And by that point, you know, we started growing by 10 new members a month from then Hmm. and asking, you know, obviously, you know, we've, we've kind of cleaned up our tenant now to connect, serve and ask, but uh, I could tell you, we were doing that back then, you know? And so it just wasn't called that,
2: you know, that was
1: back when there wasn't names and all that stuff but
0: yeah, yeah I mean, a, that's how
1: we get that first memory yeah
0: yeah and it's interesting because you know if you read a lot of the uh, i don't know a lot of the popular or at least good advice out there on how to start masterminds and other sort of like groups which you know yours is sort of like a mastermind right And um, or very similar people talk about having a framework And how it's important to have a framework. So, I mean, I think that's kind of what you developed, right? With, with that connect, serve and ask is, you know, some values and some tenets and a, and a framework.
1: Yeah. So that's why we've been able to expand because it's very challenging to not only start your own little networking group, even if it's just you and 10 other people, but what's more challenging is keeping them. Yeah. Right. So we have this framework that you know, it was in our operation manuals that, uh, that allow us to, to really function at a high level that way.
0: So can you explain a little bit more of that connect, serve, and ask mentality? I mean, other than those just words, I mean, dig into those words some for us. What, what does it mean to the group? So, well,
1: first of all, our vision is to revolutionize the way people connect with one another, serve one another, and ask of one another. And so each one is extremely important. It's a framework to how our meetings are ran, how our leadership meetings are ran, all of it is ran around that infrastructure, so connecting so i so that would be you know people getting to know each other so when you're in a meeting with h seven you get a chance to get to know each other and so it's not it's not the commercials that help you get to know people. Mm-hmm. you know we've kind of brought the one to one inside of you know, I know that's industry jargon, but having coffee with people, you get to know each other. Well, we've brought that inside of the meeting and
2: mm-hmm.
1: the framework and in the infrastructure. And then, you know, revolutioni- revolutionizing the way people serve one another. Well, within our framework, the idea that is if somebody asks you for something, we should help it. You know, we should help them. Mm-hmm. And so that is that is the framework, right? And then so at the end you know, we do have to serve one another where they are, you know, just to kind of dig into the serving. I mean, we have to serve them where they are. And so sometimes where they are is, hey, I need a marketing company. And so we need to provide that. But then to finish up, you know, it's very important to ask for what you want, ask and you shall receive. And so we have a very specific way in which we, we train our members on how to ask for what they want. Hmm. And so that's all inside of just one meeting.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because I, I think, uh, you know, having gone to other networking groups and, and, and just other associations, trade associations, everything else, you can certainly spend a lot of time talking to someone who sometimes is perfectly willing to help you. Uh, And I've had this experience where, you know, they'll talk, you have a big, long coffee at lunch, and at at the end, they're like, so, I mean, how is it I can help you, you know? Um, And they probably were, you know, if I had asked that earlier on, (laughs) just like, here's (laughs) what I'm really struggling with. And and sometimes it's, I need, you know, you need clients, you need customers. Uh, But other times it's, well, you know, I've got this employee issue. I've got a, uh, you know, I've got a finance question. I've got a whatever. Um, I'm trying to figure out if my brand is any good. It could be anything, Right. And typically, I think, like, to your point, once you get to know someone a little bit, they're more than happy to help. You know, they might not always bend over backwards, though some people will, um, I think.
1: Well, so along the lines of talking about that coffee meeting where they usually kind of ask at the end, like, hey, Sam, you know, well, how, you know, before we leave, they might as well say, you know, before we leave, uh, what, you know, how can I help you? Mm-hmm. And what's happened is, is Connect, Serve, and Ask is actually fundamentally built around the perfect networking appointment. Where you connect with each other for a while, you connect or you, I'm sorry, you serve uh the other person for a while, and then you ask what happens is is it allows you to get to know the person while serving them
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so you've heard the thing like know and trust, right? well, like and know is is through the connecting like we connect with each other, so we learn to like each other and know each other. serving. Um, allows us to get to know the other person a little bit better and begin earning trust. And then at the end, you always want to ask for help because if you don't ask for that referral within that or an introduction or a connection or whatever you want to call it at the end of that appointment, if you don't take time at the end, you basically take the power away from the other person being able to earn trust. Hmm. And so it's a good practice to get into by opening up those lines of communication by saying, hey, Sam, how can I help you? And spending time with that person allows you to get to know them a little bit better.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting insight. It's, you know, it, it's almost like, look, I need help with this. And if you would like to earn my trust, here's something you can help me with. Right. I mean, it gives right. them that opportunity That's to right. say, let let me prove to you that I, that I am a good contact partner or whatever you want to call it, That's right. uh, for you. And, and, but I, you know, I, I think, do think some folks are afraid to ask? So it's helpful to prompt them or, or, you know what I mean? Make it, make yep. it core to the whole experience. that so it's okay to do that. It is. Yeah. So what are some, uh, what are some stories of uh, success stories of, of some of your members, uh, that, where they've followed that approach and have, have asked for some, uh, maybe made some big asks and and gotten some amazing, uh, return out of it.
1: Oh my gosh. We did this promo video. It just came out yesterday. Mm -hmm. And so one of our members, his name is Norm and they were in a one-to-one and, and, uh, and the one guy said, you know, to, to Norm was like, Hey, do you know this person? And Norm was like, yeah, I do. Would you like to meet him? So mm-hmm. if you watched the promo video, that was a, like a perfect example of how this works, you know, mm-hmm. so we have obviously countless stories, but we have members that, you know, just, just this week, right. And we're virtual right now, right. Because mm-hmm. of the situation. And so just this week we had, we had a, a brand new visitor come to the meeting. So you're not even a member yet. So it's even better. Right. Mm -hmm. So the visitor comes to the meeting and she's like, I'm looking for this connection to, so I I basically said, okay, um, (laughs) Rachel, what's a good connection for you? And she throws out a a lofty one. Mm -hmm. She's like a big company like CentOS. Mm -hmm. And one of the people on the call said, I know that person. (laughs) Would you like to meet him? Mm -hmm. And her eyes were so big and the day before, I had told her, like, bring your bring your list of people you want a connection to. Just bring it. Just try it. Mm-hmm. It worked.
0: You don't have anything to lose, you know.
1: <laughs> you have nothing to lose, man. Bring, bring your connection, who you want to meet to the table. Yeah. And so we have members that, um, you know, we have another member named Sean. He's been, he's been a member for almost 11 years. Mm-hmm. And he is having the time of his life. So we went virtual in April. And he is meeting all these people all over the country. And he pays his membership every year, no problem. Been doing it forever. He just celebrated today that he had the biggest month of his career from April.
0: Hmm, Nice. And that guy during all this time, right?
1: Oh yeah. I mean, (laughs) during all this time, broke a record in April. He just got his bonus check. He was talking about, "I get my bonus check tomorrow. It's the biggest one I've ever had in my life." Yeah, it was awesome.
0: So I did see that uh, I actually did watch that promo video last night. Um, I was I was prepping for the the interview here, and I, I was checking up on your Facebook page and stuff. So I saw the the promo it was well timed, I guess, for for me to see it last night. Yeah. Um, and like you said, so it looks like you're using Zoom right now for meetings. Um, yeah. Is that something that you've always sort of had as a virtual optional on top of in person things? Do you think you'll keep that? I mean, that, that's a, a question a lot of folks ask me. Just from a sort of technology question, like, are people going to stay this way long-term?
1: It's a good question. So so um, the only thing we were doing before March 16th of this year was um, we were having leadership meetings over Zoom. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and all over the metro areas that we are active. And so we had been using it like monthly. So I use it like three times a month. Mm-hmm. And we had some members that had talked about it, like, you know, can we do this or whatever? But essentially, on March 16th, we had to adapt on a dime and was up and running. we had to shut down 100 groups overnight Mm -hmm. and was up and running Monday morning at 830. Mm -hmm. And we were on Zoom. And I can tell you that we're not going to stay on Zoom for all of it, but we're going to become a hybrid. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have networking that's happening over Zoom. Nationally, on a weekly basis, and we're going to have our in person, and so, I mean, we're even looking at the future on how we're going to, uh, but how we're going to adapt within the in person means using technology. However, we are going to keep networking
2: virtually. Yeah.
0: So period. And I guess I'm curious, you know, as as a, as a student of communication, and I mean, obviously, you've spent more than a decade trying to perfect how people communicate and and how to communicate in a way that's fruitful to your business, right? What are the, uh, do you think there's some tips or techniques or tricks that you need to be aware of when you're communicating and meeting over Zoom versus in person?
1: So I think you're asking me like some tips so that other people may be able to use it better. Is that your question?
0: Yeah. Just, yeah. If, if, I mean, cause that, so many people are doing virtual v- video meetings. Yeah. Wh- what have you found to be a uh, important thing? I don't know, just differences in the way that communication happens.
1: Well, so one big change for me was n- not having the same energy in a one-to-one. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we'll just talk about that for a minute. Mm-hmm. So, uh, one, one good tip is to have questions that you can ask and and keep the communication going. So you want to be proactive in having some questions you can ask the other person. Now, 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 obviously we provide those to the members, but however, some of the challenges are people are meeting for less time because they're much more efficient, Mm -hmm. but, but you just can't skip the fundamentals of connect, serve, and ask. So short of talking about that, you want to make sure that you are 100% dialed in and paying attention. And so that, that'd be tip number one, make sure you're dialed in and, and paying attention. Don't mm-hmm. be taking calls kind of like if you were in one-to-one in person, right? You don't, yeah, you don't just take calls just because the phone's ringing, you know, you got your cell phone,
0: let your email. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. You gotta be dialed in, you know? Yeah. Um, also you, So tip number two would be to be relatable. Okay. So because you're dialed in and you're focused, you want to make sure that you're somewhat being energetic about it and being relatable, meaning that when they're talking and you're listening to the things that they're saying, you can respond. So that means you, you kind of have to really pay attention to what's going on around you. Okay. So Also, you know, you can do the rest by asking how you can help them and all that stuff and you can follow the rest. But those, those are two very important key elements. When you are facilitating a meeting over Zoom, you need to keep it interactive. You need to keep it interactive. So just a quick story before when we would have leader calls, you know, I wasn't as good at keeping it interactive, right? But then when you don't have a choice, you have to figure out how to keep it interactive. So when I facilitate my meetings, I, so number one is you want to pay attention and and cut out the extra chatter because
2: mm-hmm.
1: that happens a lot, you know, yeah. where people will just be like connecting as if like they're the only two people in the room, but they're not. So you want to keep, you know, you want to be ahead of them. You want to show up earlier. You want to make sure you're prepared, but you want to keep the chatter to a minimum. So you have to step in and make sure that's happening. Um, if if you're running a meeting with a group of people like a team or something like that ask them to make sure that they have their cameras on, they have their audio on and turn off the mute and be interactive. Ask them how they're going doing, have questions prepared, you know, depending upon what kind of meeting you are or meeting are running. I mean if you're just doing a webinar where they're supposed to listen, I highly recommend you make it interactive mm-hmm. and, and get them involved, get your audience involved. And when I say involved, like get them involved, that's very important that they're involved. Yeah. Because you know what they'll do, man, they'll mute it out, they'll turn off the screen and they'll do something else.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think people don't have, nobody wants to sort of, you know, like, let's say if it's just one speaker talking for 30 minutes and that's it about teaching some skill or some lesson, or, you know, I don't know if it's a coaching meeting or something like that, uh, you know, people, I mean, you're talking about, you're, you're asking people to sit there and watch a low quality video. You know, this is not high quality production that some TV studio has, right? It's, it's out of their house in their pajamas type deal. Um, so I, I completely agree. I mean, you've got to pull people in and let them talk and it, I mean, you have to, contr- I think you have to control it some too, because of, I mean, if you have 30 people on a zoom, and they're all talking at once, it's chaos, right? It is. Yeah. um do, you know you mentioned earlier some of the one-on-ones and such uh, have have you used you know there's some tools within zoom where you can break into like sub rooms and stuff is that what you do to sort of try to facilitate one-on-ones or smaller group discussions or uh, oh yeah yeah oh yeah
1: yeah so so a week after we went onto zoom We were like, how are you, know, because fundamentally the way we operate is we, in person, we break into groups. Mm -hmm. That's how we've always done it. So now we can't. And so I had, you know, one of our leaders, he works in corporate America and they use a lot of tools, right? Tools that, you know, I don't even know about. Right. And so. So we turn on the Zoom, we're running it, and we're trying to keep it together, right? So we got 30, 40, 50 people on these calls, and it's challenging to keep them interactive and interested. Mm -hmm. And so he said, hey, have you ever tried doing the breakouts? I was like, no. And he's like, let's jump on a Zoom. I'll show you how to do it. Boom, boom, boom. Mm -hmm. So we were back to normal. And so the breakouts are are extremely important. But how they're facilitated is even more important. Mm -hmm. Because if you have four to ten, four, five, six, seven people in a breakout and nobody's
0: leading, yeah, you're in trouble. They're all in trouble, sitting there looking at each other like, what are we supposed to do?
1: <laughs> yeah. So each, so that's how we do it. I mean, we have facilitators in every group. Mm-hmm. All the activities, everything is put through the chat box, and then they know what to do as soon as they get in. And obviously, I have tons and tons of people I can rely on and I have relationships with, and, and they make sure it gets done.
0: Yeah. And, and so how many, so with, I guess within each state or region of a state, you're kind of broken up into like different chapters or something maybe, or what do you call those? There's some kind of subgroupings that are at below the state level, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. We have groups that are ran by our, what are called, we call them alpha teams. Okay. So kind of like our peer organizations may have what are called boards or, um, some of them have like president, vice president, all of that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Ours are called alpha teams where there's one team lead and the the alpha team is built with five to seven volunteer leaders and they run the meetings that go on each week. Okay. Where, wherever we're
0: at. And so it's, it may be that each city or each community or something may, or, you know, like I guess how many are in greater Cincinnati, for instance, groups that you could look at or join.
1: Well, we're re- rebuilding, but before the sky fell, you know, we had about about forty.
0: Okay. Okay. So, so how many, how many members are in the network across eight states in total? You would you estimate?
1: Well, we just we just expanded to those other states, so we're mm-hmm. we're over fifteen hundred right now.
0: Okay. So, but
1: like we have one little group in Minnesota. Yeah. You
0: know? Yeah. So, and I'm I guess I'm curious. You know, do you think that that the i'm um, granted there's a lot of challenges to having to be virtual but do you think there's an opportunity like you know if I'm a member of say a mason group uh mason ohio uh could i show up in the minneapolis group zoom meeting and network with those folks as well because now I'm virtual absolutely yeah which is pretty it's cool. beautiful yeah so yeah that's
1: been beautiful yeah for that
0: so if somebody wants to spend you know 8 hours a day in every group you have i mean it sounds like there's probably hundreds they could hop onto if they wanted to
1: yeah yeah and actually when we started minnesota up we started it you know at the end of april
2: <laughs> we expanded
1: mm-hmm. to another state during this quarantine
2: yeah hm.
1: so that's pretty amazing so we had some folks from cincinnati and, and columbus that jumped on the call and was able to really support yeah our director out there that was really cool
0: yeah it's you know it's always been really interesting me having um you know I i had tried out a few of your meetings early on, um, long time ago. And I think we met cause we met right around the same time. We both started our businesses at the same time. Um, and I know we have some other mutual friends and such. Um, but I, I've always thought it's very interesting how you, you kind of just created your, your entire, this entire business and model and everything, uh, yourself. I mean, it's not, you know, I mean, there are, there are other, uh, sort of competing groups that, you know, are, I don't know if they're franchises or whatever, you know, people know that there's other ones out there that are branded things you got to buy into and you can be the leader of and so on, so and so forth. Right. Um, but you really created this concept and this group and the, and the approaches naming, branding, everything f- for yourself from scratch, which I, I think is pretty neat. And, um, you know, and, and so now that you're expanding across states, it's pretty exciting to see where that goes. Um, what are what there as a member of your organization, uh, you know, apart from being able to go to meetings in person and, and now virtual meetings and such, what other resources do your customers gain by, by joining? I mean, is there coaching you provide or there materials and, you know, ebooks and all kinds of other stuff you have or, or what else is kind of in the mix? So we
1: have um, certifications for our hmm. members so that they get good at doing one-to-ones. We have an app now,
0: okay.
1: which helps them kind of organize their relationships inside the app. Hmm. Um, And it.
0: Sort of like your own LinkedIn or something.
1: Yeah. Kind of like that. And it helps you organize your relationships, even sets reminders to remind yourself to communicate with said relationships, to connect, serve, and ask them and, you know, connect with your relationships, ask them for help. You know with meeting people, things like that uh the certifications were were really popular hmm. so so just just to be able to do the perfect networking appointment can help you you know very quickly create new opportunities for yourself and new relationships, yeah, obviously, we have a website, uh but then we also have other trainings that we do that's all complimentary to our members. Like Mm -hmm. we have coaches that come on every Friday at one and they, they have special materials that they, special content that they share (laughs) uh, for our businesses and our members. um, That's all complimentary. And um, you know, now, now they can go virtual and go in person. And so there's just, there's just a lot of, a lot of different unique things. You know, you can kind of create your own relationships literally with this network that wants to build a relationship more than likely with you as well.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because, you know, if you look at just sort of the marketing channels that are out there available to new companies uh, or existing companies, you know, I mean, okay, you can run some Facebook ads, you can, uh, you know, cold call, you can, I mean, there's a lot of options, right? I mean, and of course every week there's a new social channel, TikTok, uh, you know, Vimeo. I mean, just, you know, and, uh, you know, would you say that for, especially for new companies, it's, it's just, uh, I'm, I'm assuming you'd think it's a lot more cost effective to spend more time in networking than, than running Facebook ads, for instance, or do you think there's a type of business that it's a stronger fit for than another?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I would say the B2B professional is going to f- have a lot more opportunity with word of mouth, mm-hmm. right? And then when you take the B2C professional, I mean, there are so many more ways that they can market their business. Yeah. But obviously the close, what do you want to call that? The the close percentage is much higher when somebody referred you, you know, word of mouth or whatever. So sure. w- word of mouth marketing is really where we kind of hang out at. And so H7 or, you know, this style of Word of mouth is a great complimentary piece to their marketing when you're B2C. But when you're B2B, you you don't have that many avenues. You don't have as many. So you got cold calling and you got relationships, you know, Mm -hmm. word of mouth. So, so yeah.
0: Yeah. And I've always found with a, with a, you know, warm introduction like that, um, that, you know, I've certainly gotten plenty in my, in my career that, it it it's not just about can get you in to talk to the person, but a lot of times so many other steps in the process can be jumped over you know uh you know for instance, with big companies, something that people always talk about is oh, you're gonna have to get registered as a vendor uh oh, right that's a process, <laughs> yeah. fill out a form, wait a year if it's p g or whoever you know you hear these stories, oh, it took us three years to get set up as a vendor and and I've been walked into because of a personal referral, you know, into some pretty big companies and they're just like don't worry about it, we'll make it happen. And they just, you know, <laughs> the right person <laughs> makes the right phone call inside a big company and magically you're a vendor in 5 minutes, right? Um <laughs> yeah. because I think the thing is is a lot of companies use that kind of thing as like a, a a choke point, right? Like they don't want just anybody coming in and being a vendor who's not trusted. But if you're a friend of, you know, if it's your whatever uh your somebody your your best friend brings you into their fraternity brother's business let's say um you know you're already trusted if, if they're vouching for you you know so um,
1: affirmation will go a long way
0: yeah yeah so i mean it's kind of like um it takes a lot more effort to network sometimes to, to find those opportunities maybe but uh though i think it can be faster if you're if you're specifically asking for something like you said right um yeah and you have to ask for something the group – I think you have to ask for something the group can do too, right? Um, yeah. You know, in my instance, I've, I've probably made the mistake in the past of going and saying, well, I'm really looking – I'd love to talk to software engineers and software developers. And and they're like, I, I don't know anybody who – I don't know software developers. Like because why would they? <laughs> you know, like sure. if it's a – Why would the realtor know a
1: software developer unless, you know – Unless they have one, you know, slim chance
0: or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And especially because sometimes IT folks are not always really into networking. Um, I think they should be. I I actually think it's a really big, what I've seen in my industry, and this is a side thing maybe, but, you know, if you look at like software development managers, so few of them know anyone else who does what they do. And so they sit there and say, I don't know how to get over this challenge or this problem. And it's like, okay, could you ask a peer? I don't know any peers. And it's crazy, right? Because I could find fifty peers I know who own IT consulting businesses, I can call them up, you know. But when you're when you you know when you're an employee in that profession, it seems sometimes you, I don't know, you you have a very very narrow network. Um, so I don't know, maybe something to consider: start making a an IT networking group <laughs> for <laughs> for employees, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It is int- so. We had an IT guy who came, you know, to his first meeting. At the beginning of this month. And and we are running a very specific style of meeting. And he walked out with two referrals. Mm-hmm. It was ridiculous. <laughs> These people were willing to say, all right, let's meet up for coffee. I'd like to get to know you a little bit better and make sure it's a good, good introduction.
2: Yeah.
1: And... And they completed them. You can imagine how fast that guy joined, right?
0: Yeah, and I and I think that you know, and I and I think that if you are asking, I guess that's what I was maybe what I was kind of saying before is if you're asking for the right thing, um, then it doesn't necessarily matter what your background is if you're IT. So certainly I don't believe that it's like, you know, you you, you can't network if you're an IT company, for instance, right? Um oh, yeah. it's mm-hmm. but you have to know what to ask for. You can't come in and say I want a meeting with, you know, the CIO of a Fortune 500 company because not too, I mean, it it can happen, you know, but that's a big ask, right? But, and, and to some degree, it ties into a little bit like what your offerings are as a company, right? So let, let's say that I say, well, what I'm looking to do, you know, instead of saying, hey, I want to meet the CIO of a Fortune 500, uh, what I'm looking to do is to provide a security audit for businesses with 200 employees and under, right? Well, there's a lot of people, people would refer that, right?
2: Because yeah, sure. everybody
0: knows 10 or 20 people that are, you know, running or executives at 200 employee companies under. And and those could all be great referrals for for my business in particular, you know? But it's, it's about understanding what to ask for. So it's almost like a marketing t- task, like what is your product you're selling, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's true. You know, you gotta you gotta make your ask reflective of whatever you're trying to sell. <laughs> it seems simple. <laughs> yeah, well, and know what
1: companies you want. Like I told you last week. I mean, you know, I had Rachel like bring a list. Yeah, and she brought a list, and she she's in the business of uh, recruiting mm-hmm. or, or temporary temporary staffing or whatever.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You walk into a meeting, the first one you get the connection to them, like yeah. But it was because she said, "I'm looking for." This person at this company, and somebody happened to know that person at that company
0: well, and it is and it is interesting because you know you, you never know if you have a specific target like that in mind, like you know so, for instance, a company on my goal list I'll just put it out there um let me think here i got a I got a list on my wall here at the office uh but like Fujitech, for instance, right Fujitech elevators up in mason because i've I've done a lot of work in the elevator world, right well, you know a lot of people know people at Fujitech. And so, you know, let's say now, you know, they probably, maybe they don't know the CIO because he, he may be overseas somewhere or something, right? Um, yeah. You know, their, their leadership is out of Japan mainly. Uh, but they may know an executive assistant or, you know, a project manager. And, and all those folks are folks that can inter- do introductions, you know. Um, it's, a lot of times it's not the decision maker. It's someone who just knows about the problem. And I've gotten actually pretty big projects before because someone's secretary said, I they were telling me about that. They were, they're, <laughs> they're irritated with this problem. And so you should talk to them. Let me set up call. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. It's pretty magical. Yeah. Uh,
1: it, it, I have this, um, activity I do. It's called connect to. Hmm. And everybody walks out with two referrals every time. Hmm. Guaranteed, take it to the bank. Hmm. And they could be, 25 strangers. It's a very methodical, systematic way to create new opportunities that you may not have been able to get very before. Cool. Yeah.
0: Hmm. So what are you, so on the other side of this, um, economic weirdness that we're in right now, I mean, Ohio's reopening. A lot of things are reopening. You can go back out to bars again if you want. Right. And all these, all these great sure. things, you know, like you said, you, you, I know you started up some new groups in April and you were just starting other groups. What other new things are you looking to get into that are in your roadmap, you know, say for the next 12 months?
1: One is going to be our app. Hmm. Okay. So we're expanding our app. Okay. Uh, The other thing for sure that's going to be being worked on and being brought into is a hybrid in-person slash Zoom meeting Hmm. so that somebody can plug in and be in the meeting in California or Minnesota in an in-person meeting. A little tricky, but uh, we we have the wherewithal to be able to do that.
0: So that would be a, some people are in the Zoom meeting and then others are in the personal meeting, and, and they can interact with each other somehow. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, when they break out into groups and stuff, they'll be broke out of obviously with their own. Yeah, whoever's on the Zoom call or whatever. But <clears throat> being able to meet people in that regard that you would not have been able to meet before has been extremely impactful. For our members, mm-hmm. they have been able to stay in business because we were able to do this a very specific way virtually. Hmm. So, we would like to, in time, bring that experience into the in person meeting.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, the other thing that we're working on is being able to use more technology to help people build relationships faster. And so, we have our new app it's it's um it's called forge pro network it's coming out uh, actually next week it's huh. it's in testing right now and it's basically a handheld app that enables you to build the right relationships and sustain them through technology we're able to use i don't know how else to describe it other than the intangibles of building and maintaining relationships, bringing them into your phone to create reminders for yourselves, follow up for yourselves, mm. being able to use technology while even meetings in person doesn't matter anywhere and, you know, basically in the world, they can be in their own networking group and still use this technology mm. that we're bringing to the forefront. So, very cool. Those are two really big things. Very
0: cool that we're bringing so what about um you know what are you active with in the community uh you know what has there been uh some you know what's been the most personally rewarding uh project you've worked on recently uh in that regard so uh prior to quarantine uh
1: that we've gone <laughs> through um you know we we you know we kind of keep a lot of it under a lot of the things that we do we don't really uh, talk about, but it's helping children and it's, it's all like, it's really just serving other people. Mm -hmm. And so it just depends on the situation. There's no, there's no just one thing that we do. And so that could come across odd, but when we do something for somebody else, you're just not going to see it online. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We're not going to really say those things, but really just fulfill, that fulfillment. Like our recent project was doing something for my dad, Hmm. you know, being able to set him up in a a very great situation for him to eventually retire in. So just, just, just Hmm. things that we cannot really share. We don't want to share online, but really just serving other people in any way that we can. It's very fulfilling.
0: Yeah. That's pretty awesome. If you're able to you know, sort of provide, uh, you know, your, your parents with, or, you know, give back to them. That's a good, that's a, that's an interesting kind of idea because, you know, um, I know my parents have done an incredible amount of stuff for me <laughs> through my whole life. And I mean, <laughs> you know, I was fortunate that, I mean, they, you know, paid for my college and all this sort of stuff. And I, and I've always sort of thought yeah. I got to figure out some way to give back to them, you know, and to, to show that appreciation. Right. Um, so that's yeah. an interesting insight.
1: So my, my mom passed 13 years ago Hmm. and so he's a widower Mm -hmm. and he's 63 and he works at an auto parts store. He's a manager, you know, and he's getting close to retirement. So we, we fixed up his house Hmm. and my wife went in and just made it look so awesome for him. And, uh, that was very fulfilling. Yeah. I bet he was, I bet
0: he was, uh. Pretty touched by that, I'm sure.
1: He was, he was, and he really loves my wife. That's for sure. That's his <laughs> daughter right there.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: So anyway.
0: So I, I guess to to summarize, uh, it's been a great conversation with you, but to, to summarize um, for folks listening, what, what are the three main needs or challenges or problems uh, that if people are facing, they should reach out to you for help with?
1: Um, definitely word of mouth marketing. So word of mouth marketing is extremely tricky. And so that is, that is something I love to give away or whatever. Mm -hmm. You're talking about somebody who just wants to reach out and talk, right? Yep. So word of mouth marketing, I love to talk sales and I love to talk leadership. I mean, I, I, I serve hundreds of volunteer leaders that do not have to lead for us.
2: Hmm.
1: I mean, it's just amazing. And to be able to lead just hundreds of leaders that don't have to do it and they're not getting, you know, compensated.
2: Hmm.
1: I mean, that's just amazing. So I love to talk sales, networking, leadership, whatever, whatever I can help anybody with. Awesome.
0: And and how yeah. can folks reach you if they want to reach out?
1: Uh they can reach me at uh Clayton at h7network.com. Um our website's h7network.com. And uh my mobile is nine three seven six seven one six two three
0: eight. Right. All right. Well thanks so much, Clayton. Uh, and that's that's really cool what you said about, you know, the people volunteering because I people do that because it gives them Purpose, right, and sense sense of purpose and meaning, and and I think really, I mean, honestly, that alone, the fact that you're providing folks with that is is, uh, I I would imagine for me it would be very rewarding and fulfilling, you know, um, on top of all the sort of help and growth that that people see through their business um, through working with you uh, and and your your organization. So uh, it's been great to catch up, and um, you know, I will. I definitely would encourage people to check out H seven network. Um, I need to get back and, uh, look back into it again and and reconnect and, and, uh, you know jump on a zoom meeting or something myself sometime but uh thanks for coming on the show and and sharing with us your background and it's it was great to hear from you all right
1: thank you sam thanks for having me on thanks
2: thank you for tuning in to unstoppable talk we hope you enjoyed today's podcast if you did be sure to support the show by leaving a five-star review on itunes and learn more about this show by heading over to unstoppablesoftware.com. Until next time, keep innovating.